It led me down a shark hole. What if the spiders got their hands on the coat? Now, that's a guy to do business with. Because they got a box of kangaroos for their dogs? I know what happens. I can't drink and do this podcast anymore. It doesn't work. Welcome back to Mystery Kink. My name is Leonard. My name's Chris. What's happening, Leonard? Man, dude, I'm better. Uh, I don't have COVID. Yeah, we we got back to recording at Space 10 in person, and then I got sick and canceled for the few days. Then you got the Rona, and then when you finally got over the Rona, I was working on moving in my new mobile home. It's just been it's been a S H I T show. Let me tell you. <laughs> You've been like hustling though. Like it's been you've been going hard there. Too hard, some would say. Too hard. Like twenty five handfuls of Vicodin. Or not Vicodin, <laughs> Viagra. I just hold it. I just had a lineism. <laughs> twenty five <laughs> handfuls of Vicodin doesn't sound bad either right now, as exhausted as I am. <laughs> Man, dude, I haven't had Vicodin in like legit years. It's a hell of a drug. <laughs> and yeah, man, got the Rana, so fatigue hit me pretty good i thought i was <laughs> rana i thought i was like fine that i wasn't and i was sleeping too much and you know it was it was just bad but now i'm you know we're finally back i think we're good to go i'm even starting work i believe a monday night here so like that would be great too so i can't believe we're you know everything's finally back so i'm, I'm happy for it and we're doing a Lenny Grabsack episode. And guess what we're talking about today? I have no idea because normally I ask you if you want to do a Lenny Grabsack. And you were just like, I got a Lenny Grabsack episode. I'm like, cool. What do you want to do? He's like, as soon as possible. I was like, usually I ask you to do it. And it's not like I ask you because like I don't got nothing going on or you don't got nothing going on. But I'm like, hey, are you interested in a Lenny? Because your episodes so far are some of the top five episodes. So you're doing really good with those Grabsacks. And usually like... You get so excited to tell me you're like you start dropping hints and I figure it out by the hints. This one you just like shark arm murder. I'm like that's not helpful or <laughs> guessable. What's so fucking ever? <laughs> I'm gonna start messing with you though because I'm gonna start quacking instead of cussing. <laughs> you have to quack the quack so it doesn't sound dumb. <laughs> like like what the quack? <laughs> nah, dude, it's the mystery quacker. <laughs> the was it the, oh, uh, the mystery the uh, mystery mallard? Yeah, the mystery mallard. Every time, <laughs> every time we cuss, the mystery mallard chimes in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but today we're going to Australia for yes, it's a shark arm murder. So this is a, a pretty good fishing tale, and this is why I kind of like this episode too because we're both fishermen, and I'm pretty sure we both heard oh, fishermen's yeah. crazy stories. But I think this one is probably one for the record books. You fished in Florida. You got any crazy Florida fishing stories? Because like usually when Florida and story is hand in hand, it's like usually crazy. <laughs> uh, I do have one. Uh, it's not my story. It's my dad's, but I was actually there. I think I mentioned it before. We were uh, we were fishing off the pier uh, next to our house in Florida. It's in uh, Port St. Joe, Florida. And uh, it's like an hour away from Panama. Uh, and um, so we're just like fishing. It's our normal fishing spot. And my dad told my cousin to, hey, watch my pole. I'm going to go take a piss underneath the dock, right? Uh, the pier, I mean. And he was just like, yeah, 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 I'll watch it. And my dad's just like, hey, nah, like, seriously, like, like, watch my fucking pole. <laughs> like, cause, like, we're out, we're fishing in the ocean. So my dad's like, hey, just watch my pole. And, like, my cousin's just like, yeah, yeah. So my dad goes under the pier, goes, takes a piss. Now, nowhere, my dad's pole just goes right to the ocean. It just flies off the pier and just takes off. Like, the pole was gone. And so 
my my uh, my cousin was just like, oh hey JD, like you know since you're down there, you might want to go grab your pole. You know, like joking around, like hey, like you know your pole's like gone. And my dad was just like, you messing with me, right? He was just like, I'm like, hey, nah, dad, like that pole's literally just in the ocean now. So that they felt bad, right? Because they weren't watching my dad's pole. So <laughs> so they went to go get him, my dad another a new pole, right? So my dad, being my dad. He grabs another pole and just happens to try to, you know, fish, try to see if he can catch it, right? Catch, you know, his pole. And sure in hell, he actually does. He catches a line, right? And and that line happened to have a fish on it. But when he was bringing up the line, he brought his pole in first. Then he reeled it in, and it was actually a seven-pound cell cat, uh, the, the blue cell cats. Uh, oh, you, snap. Yeah, it was actually a yeah. big-ass cell cat. And yeah, and he actually caught his pole back. And then he had to, of course, change the reel because salt water. So he had to rearrange, uh, get a new oh, yeah. reel because the that reel was messed up after being in there. Yeah. And I was actually surprised. And even our cousins were surprised. They didn't even believe that he actually did. I'm just like, no, yeah. And we even took a, we showed a picture of the cell cat. They're just like, you're kidding me. Like, that was like the... I still can't believe that he, my dad actually caught his pole back. But, and it's kind of sounds like a story that no one's not going to believe unless you are actually there. And it still kind of reminds me of what story that we're talking about. But do you have a crazy fishing story before? we talk about this crazy fishing story nah not really None? Like, i've only done lake fishing and river fishing in california like the craziest thing that happened is like i hooked a dead duck <laughs> i was i thought i had a big ass fish and like i kept reeling and reeling and reeling and it was just caught in tangleweeds when i rolled it up i was like is this a football it was just it was a dead duck oh, it wasn't man. a dead duck that died natural causes someone shot it with a bunch of arrows it was oh, just like heck? a na- it was in lake big bear it was just a nasty gross ass like mess like a disrespect to everyone that fishes and ducks Oh, yeah, I guess I guess that's where the mystery mallard comes from. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so let's get inside this uh, story, because this one, I think it takes the cake. On April 17th, 1935, a fisherman hooked a small shark off Coogee Beach in Sydney, Australia. Then a four meter tiger shark around 13 13 feet swallowed the smallest shark allowing it to be caught too but instead of dumping his catch the fisherman took the larger shark still alive to the nearby Kuji Aquarium Bass, where it would be a wonderful attraction to the following Anzac Day weekend. If you don't know what Anzac Day is, it's like a natural holiday for Australia and New Zealand. It's like a remembrance who served and died in all the wars, conflicts, and peacekeeping operations. Think about that, though. Can you imagine hooking inside, like, you know, you call it a small shark. I mean, I've, I've done, <clears throat> you know, my share of uh, shark fishing, especially in Florida. And, uh, and then can you imagine, you just catch a small shark, you're like, yeah, and then like a freaking 13-foot shark swallows the shark that you just had like that's be badass i have never had anything like that ever happen to me you know twofer that'd be pretty dope yeah so and at the time in sydney the shark was a public enemy number one since it's a late february and early march three young men have been taken by sharks at the new new south wales beaches bounty hunters were employed to help rid sydney's beaches of the menaces so crowds now flock to see this monster with man-eating capabilities which was given the run of the pool that's crazy that like we have sharks in california right uh we have sharks in california right but i don't think we've ever had like like a like a like a time when we were alive at least that like sharks were like a fear you know what i mean i mean i think there was a little tiny bit but it was and i think it was only in one beach i think it was actually uh huntington beach i think they had a, like a uh, some shark attacks but you know nothing like eating children or something you know what i mean like nor we had dog the bounty hunter patrolling the beach you know what i mean we've never had that down here 
Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't really that bad. But you're talking about, you're talking about Sydney, Australia. So you're talking about they're probably out there. Oh, yeah. Great whites off the coast, all kinds of BS like that. Yeah. So they're, they're probably more people out there on the beaches. So more shark attacks, which make, will make sense. You know, you're in a shark's home once you enter the ocean. This is America. Wherever American steps foot is in America. <laughs> For several days, the sharks seemed quite active with and had a ferocious appetite. But on April 25th, on Anzac Day, it began acting strangely. It appeared ill, moved slowly, and was seemingly disoriented. Then suddenly, a great commotion in the pool. While the spectators watched, the shark vomited up a human arm. The shark then was killed to see if there was any other body parts within the shark's stomach. But no other body parts were recovered. Yeah, fun fact about sharks is they'll throw up their entire stomach. If they can't digest something. Oh, really? I did not know that. That's actually a fun fact. Yeah, if, they, if their stomach acid can't digest something, car parts, human body parts, bones. Say they're eating some whale. Get some bones in there that they can't they can't digest. They'll throw up their stomach. Their stomach will come out of their throat inside out, spit it out, swallow it back in, and go back to it. That is insane. But it's funny, though, because I actually did add some uh, acidic uh uh, acid parts in here too because that's actually it's actually coming that's actually coming up so i'm glad you actually brought that up i did not know they puke up the entire stomach that's fascinating at first another tragic accident was pursued but a medical examination of the arm revealed that it had not been bitten off by the shark it had been removed from its body with a knife or a sharp instrument and not a not in a surgical procedure the focus of the investigation turned to murder the gastric juices of the shark is highly acidic and is estimated that the arm could have been in the stomach between 8 to 18 days. Yet the arm was so well preserved that there was still a recognizable tattoo of two boxers shaping up for a fight on his forearm. So, so we were just talking to uh, Chris. You just you mentioned. Imagine just like, <laughs> go ahead. Imagine you just like you're a you're a shark wrangler, and someone brings you a shark, and they're like, "Hey, this is the uh, this is this is the new attraction for fucking Australian Memorial Day." <laughs> it's just like you're like you're feeding the shark, and you just see a fucking arm with just boxers going at it, just right out of the stomach. Yeah. Like, I mean, God dang. I wonder how people actually felt though. They're just like, oh man, because like earlier they were they were they were having shark attacks. You know, you know the great beast. You know, the, all the good sharks are screwing up Australia, and then now they actually think you know this is probably it ate a human, but actually it's actually somebody murdered somebody, and this shark just happened to come up and eat a body part. It seems like. Well, I mean, it's it's Australia, so like I don't think they feel too bad because everything's trying to kill everything in Australia. You know what I mean? Like. You got the most poisonous spiders in the world, the largest spiders in the world, the most poisonous snakes in the world, the most poisonous lizards in the world. <laughs> everything is just trying to murk everything in in Australia, so I'm pretty sure they're just like, another day, another dingo, eh? <laughs> You know what? You're probably right. Um, going back to what you were saying too earlier about the, uh, you know, stomachs have up uh, stomachs, sharks having a uh, very strong uh, uh, stomach acid, and it says that humans have a uh, around 1.5 to 2.5 acidic pH. So our acid inside of our bodies that break down food around like 1.5 to 2.5 on average, apparently. But then a shark can go up to 8.2 to 8.7. So like they're like digesting stuff like almost eight times faster than humans. Well, they gotta they gotta digest seal blubber, fish bones. Yeah, it takes a lot to to like just because you stick something in acid, especially.
flesh, like human bones and skins and flesh, it just doesn't melt away like in cartoons and movies. Like it takes days upon days for that. And sharks got to keep eating so they can keep swimming so they can keep breathing because if a fish does, or fish, if a shark doesn't, or if a shark stops swimming, it stops breathing and it needs a ton of meat and, you know, needs a ton of fuel to keep it going. So if it can't digest something fast enough, out it goes and in with the new, more digestible food. Damn. Yeah, you, you knew some shark facts, man. That, damn, dude. I, ne- I never knew you knew this much about sharks. Dude, I, I know too much. Um, You could thank Steve Alton. He wrote the Meg books. They're they're terrible books, but they're B-movies. In of the, They're like the B-movies of books, so I'm like digging them. And then like, I don't know, it, it led me down a shark hole. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. So I'm, I'm assuming you really love yeah. the shark week. No, I hate the ocean. I'm fucking terrified of it. <laughs> All those videos are like deep blue water scares the ever loving. Like it doesn't scare me, but makes me deeply uncomfortable. So <laughs> I just, you know, I was reading books about it because like I love scary books and books that have to do with the ocean freak me out. I'm like the deep blue vastness. Like You don't know you don't what's, know what's there. in there. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> we do know there's aliens down there. Hey, we, we also know there's a should be. Uh, opening of the inner earth down there too and the megalodon and the megalodon and the plesiosaur after reading a report in a sydney newspaper edwin smith contacted police suggesting that the arm belonged to his brother jane who had been missing for several weeks and because of the well-preserved state of the arm police managed to obtain some fingerprints which confirmed that the arm had in fact belonged to jane uh jim smith smith was a bankrupt builder a former sp bookmaker and boxer if you don't know what a bookmaker means it's it's something that takes bets for like fixed odds the bookie yeah yeah exactly i also want to point out that people that people burn their fingerprints off when they commit crimes was acid so this shark's stomach acid wasn't strong enough to burn off the fingerprints so i mean imagine how bad it's got to hurt when you use acid that really can burn your fingerprints off that's wild yeah because we're even just i even just mentioned you know it has like what seven or eight times that much bass of anybody else, any like any human at least. So you could thinking about like if it could chomp down some seal and some whale bones, and then somehow it still got some fingerprints off of it. You kind of you kind of thinks like uh, that arm had to be had to eat the arm like you know not too long ago. Pretty freshly, yeah. Yeah, unless that Stark's stomach was just uh, not having a good day and probably had to yak up some stuff. Lactose intolerant. <laughs> <laughs> is it lactose intolerant because toes are like fingers dumb all right keep moving <laughs> smith also had a small time criminal record with minor convictions who had drifted onto the edges of the underworld and became involved in the illegal gambling and underwater <laughs> <laughs> illegal gambling that was rife through throughout sydney at the time so Obviously, this guy was also not really a good guy anyway, but, you know, kind of a crappy way to die. He could have been a good dude just making some bad decisions. You never know. Down on his luck with his... You said he was a... uh, Not a construction worker, but a... He's a a bookmaker. Like, uh, you know, takes bets. Like, he... uh... Uh, Yeah. Yeah, he just bet on his luck. He might have taken a few bets that were a little too big and lost and... Yeah, he happened, took some you know? males. Yeah, he took some males and then probably didn't know what to do and tried to run away and probably caught up to him. You know, some, some shit like that. Police investigations found that Smith has last been seen drinking
meeting with a longtime friend, Patrick Brady, in the Cecil Hotel in Cronola. I wonder if um that's the like if they're related to the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles as well as the Cecil Hotel in Australia. I'm actually wondering that too. I wonder why I never really thought of actually looking that up. But I was just like, huh, I'm like I'm like that name sounds familiar. But yeah, because we have one in, in LA. Oh yeah, yeah. And isn't that actually uh haunted? It's haunted and it happened to coincide with a disappearance just like this one. A young uh young lady was last seen at the Cecil Hotel in LA, disappeared. Um there was some weird footage of her freaking out in an elevator and going up instead of down and then not seeing her for a few weeks because she either was murdered or drowned in the um water tank on top of the roof where people proceeded to drink her water and bathe in her water. Um and we talked about it before the podcast. If you drink tap water, you kind of get what you got coming to you <laughs> <laughs> thank you well yeah. like and in this hotel <laughs> we're good. thank you Ann. oh no it give tap water a shit i'm sorry i'm gonna say it on record Look, if you drink I'll, tap I'm water trying to be like it. elitist <laughs> yeah it's not good for you they put fluoride in the water that's not that's not like a i mean it is a conspiracy theory but it's true that they put fluoride in the water to help clean it and fluoride calcifies brain cells like it's 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 a fact. So be careful when you put government water into your body. Pretend you're pretend you're in Michigan in Flint, Michigan. Just, just do that. Don't drink the tap water. Don't fucking use the water. No, just don't. It's it's bad for you. Like it just it just is. Yeah, that's crazy though. The Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles has a disappearance relating to a murder slash death, and the Cecil Hotel in Australia also is involved in a case of a murder slash death. Yeah, which is pretty weird. Interesting. Let's see if it uh. Any more similarities? Yeah, any more similarities here. So Patrick Brady and uh, Jim Smith uh, uh, returned from their rented cottage in Gunamata Bay. Now, Gunamata Bay just sounds wild. It sounds like Guantanamo Bay. Well, people are getting f***ed at both of those, so... Brady, who would, that was actually a pretty good f***ing joke. It was smooth, too, the delivery. Yeah, it was. Brady who was also well known in the law was also an expert forager a key link for a, for the police in their investigations was information they got from the cab driver on the morning after Jim Smith had last been seen, Brady hailed the cab in Cronola and asked to be taken to North Sydney, where the cab was directed to pull outside of a house that turned out to be a home of a middle-class businessman named Lloyd Holmes. Holmes was seem seemingly respected entrepreneur who ran a highly successful boat building business on the harbor foreshore of McMahon's Point on Lavender Bay. But Holmes was also known to be involved in other activities. He controlled a lucrative smuggling ring with speedboats built at his boat shed to pick up cocaine, cigarettes, and other contraband thrown overboard from ships passing off Sydney's heads. I think when they mean Sydney's heads, they mean, you know, the police. Yeah, that or the port authority, either or. Yeah, so before we go on here, holy shit. Hey, Australia, Australia don't play games, dude. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, they, these guys are fucking hardcore. Think about it like this. What if the spiders got their hands on the coke? You know what I mean? In, in Australia. Australia <laughs> would uh, belong to the spiders if they all got their hands on the coke. You know what I mean? Or the snakes. It all belong to the... Or the saltwater or crocodiles. Like, you would be screwed. There would be no There would be no taking back Australia. You'd have to nuke it like Overwatch. <laughs> There'd be no more. So, well, wasn't there a thing long time ago, like rumors that 
some government was giving like animals like cocaine to make them crazy to go rampage to towns. No, no. I mean, maybe, but uh, Pablo Escobar had a bunch of hippos that were on cocaine. Yeah, and hippos. And we had talked about that. You don't f*** with hippos. Can you imagine nose on cocaine? Coke hippos? Like, not instead of running 45 miles an hour, they're doing a clean 80? <laughs> yeah, no. Nah. When do we get to uh, 42 Wallaby Way? I think that joke passed through my head. Yeah, uh, Philip Sherman from Finding Nemo. He's his address is forty two Wallaby Way. <laughs> <laughs> we do in Australia. I was like, I can throw a Disney joke in there. Well, shit, I, went, I don't know why that went. Wait, I don't know why that went over my head. I think I fucked up that joke. Well, why would you know it? You don't have kids to be watching. I watch Nemo like at least once a month with these guys. <laughs> you don't watch Nemo. It sounded familiar though. I was just like, why does that sound like something I should know? But I do know Finding Nemo, so that's probably why. But it's you know back in the brain here. Can fish consent to touch the butt? Yes. Everybody must touch the butt. Oh, all right then. <laughs> all right, moving on. <laughs> Back to your story. Smith was an employee for Holmes at some time and often drove one of the speedboats during the smuggling operations. But they had a fallen out over a failed insurance scam. And it was speculative that Smith had began to blackmail Holmes using the boat builder's position in the society as leverage and Braddy's taxi journey linked Jim Smith's murder directly to Holmes. Dude, that is so weird. The guy the guy who failed the insurance scam, his name was Holmes. Uh, one of America's first serial killers was H.H. Holmes and he created a Myrtle a Myrtle, a murder castle or a murder mansion if you would, like where he had like secret passages to rooms to murder his tenants and he would take out life insurance policies on them and do fake insurance scams to make money shit and now we have another homes in australia doing insurance scams that's so weird so we got the cecil hotel and we got homes doing insurance scams and potentially being involved in murder because he's running drugs so that sometimes that happens yeah it's like it's like australia is trying to be more america than america You're trying to out you're trying to out crazy crazy homie you, good luck australia you got the animals but we got the people <laughs> But all the evidence of the police had collected so far against Bradley and Holmes was purely circumstantial. They needed a confession. So police arrested Bradley and took him to the central police station. Holmes was also brought in, but he denied ever knowing Bradley. Now, that's a guy to do business with. If you're going to do some shady fucking shit, make sure you get a partner that's also fucking shady to a point to where he ain't going to shade you over, but he'll shade everybody else over. That's a fine line of shade. That's what I'm saying. Like, see, people are like, we can't, you can't, you can't get to somebody that's shady. Like, no, you got to find somebody that's actually shady, but someone that would actually trust you to get the job done. So it's just like, you it's two like, will get the job done, and then that's it. You know, no more talking about it. <laughs> Cops are like, is this you sharing lunch with this gentleman? I, that ain't me. I ain't never <laughs> seen that gentleman in my life. Either that's me, or I don't know who that is. One or the other. Take your pick. <laughs> Throw some more shrimps on the barbie. <laughs> The case seemed stalled until May 20th when Holmes left his boat shed in a very fast speedboat, sped out in the harbor, and pulling out his pistol, attempting suicide. He failed and fell in the water, but a rope got caught around one of his wrists as he fell, stopping him from drowning. The shock of the water revived him as he crawled back aboard. The water police were alerted to these going on and for four hours chased Holmes out past Sucular Quay through the mid-morning fury traffic, right down the Sydney Harbor until finally he gave up outside Sydney's headquarters. This guy, this was a, that was a crazy-ass chase. He tries to kill himself. Dude, first off, 
<laughs> yeah, if that was an American, he would have done it. <laughs> you can tell this man's Australian because he's never really used a gun right. <laughs> Secondly, water police crack me up. Like I know they're legit policemen. Like, I, I know that they have more training than policemen because they do boat stuff. But just like I just see some robe like you got your floaties, you got your floaties, you got your life preserver, you got your life, oh, you got a life preserver. Okay, good day, mate. Have a good one. Bye bye. <laughs> like. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like, we think cop, you think like a big dude who was picked on in high school and so he's getting back at everyone. Well, you think of water police, you just think of a weenie, dude. <laughs> dude, I fucking hate the. You got your floaties, you got your towels, okay? Don't we call them game wardens here? Sometimes. It depends on, it depends. Ah. Uh, I mean, there's lake police, which is lame, but yeah, there's lake police and then there's game wardens and game wardens have jurisdiction on land and sea water. Lake oh, police are like, you. I mean, they have jurisdiction on both too, but they're weenies. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to bring a towel. This towel keep you dry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Officer Tally. All right. Let's see. Let's see what Holmes is going to do here. Not know how to use a gun because he lives in Australia. <laughs> Yeah, it's shitting on Australia. I hope you know, like, Australia was, like, one of our first people that started listening to our show. We love you, Australia. Just letting you know. Yeah, tell you what, you know, bring a gun to a knife fight. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Holmes was arrested and started to talk, agreeing to be a witness against Bradley, whom police then charged with the murder of Smith. But at 1.20 a.m. on June 12th, just hours before the start of the inquest into Smith's death, Holmes' body was found slumped over a wheel of his car in a deserted docks areas of Don's Point. With the death of Holmes, the Crown case against Bradley for Smith's murder collapsed. Although the cab driver testified that Bradley had been disheveled. Let me get a, let me get a recap for listeners. So All this right. man named Smith, who was a small-time bookie criminal, gotten over his head. Mm-hmm. Bradley and Holmes are being blamed for the murder. Holmes tries to kill himself but goes on a weenie lake police chase in australia mm-hmm. and then a cab driver is claiming that bradley is disheveled and unable to to have committed the murder or was not in the proper abilities at the time to have committed a murder pretty much so we don't know yet what has happened at this point in the podcast we don't know what happened to the happened listener to and i murder. don't know what happened to smith yet yeah. exactly yeah Exactly. Okay. So, hey, that's a, that's a good recap because we're almost done here. Had kept his hand in his pocket and wouldn't take it out and was clearly frightened that somebody was following him. The trial was over less than two days and the judge directed the verdict of not guilty should be reached. Bradley was acquitted and walked from the court a free man. But then more information began to come out. Smith had a police informer, a fizzer or a fizz gig, as they call it in Australia, which I would call it a fucking snitch. Snitches get stitches. Snitches get stitches. A snitch was a young man called Eddie Wyman. As a result of information that Smith gave to the police, Wyman and one of his mates were caught red-handed raiding a bank. Though the crimes were never formally linked, the author Alex Castle has his offered an opinion that Wyman was the likely suspect who actually murdered Holmes. Wyman was one of the most dangerous criminals in Sydney in the 1930s, a time when the underworld was popular by hard men and women who don't who didn't hesitate to use violence to get what they wanted. Holmes was deeply involved in the okay. lucrative. So but dang- I've been I've been hard on Australia this whole episode. <laughs> yeah. Now here's my issue. It's the 1930s. It's mob time, right? I don't yeah. see. I just can't picture Australia mobsters like, <laughs> like 
I'm gonna throw your nuts on the Bobby if you don't start talking. He'll like this is not tough. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna say Australian accent, one of the top hottest accents in the world, right? Oh, some of the hottest oh, easy. You know, people, not just women, like men and women, some of the most attractive men and women, some of the most attractive accents to come out of the world. And just for some reason I can't picture it. Like I know Australians are tough because they got a box kangaroos for their dogs. I know it happens. <laughs> but I just don't see Australian mobsters being tough. It's just it's a weird thought to be like you think they're gonna only Italians could be tough? No, Americans too. I mean American mobsters are like built Las Vegas, like you know what I mean? Like I could like I could see Italian mobsters being tough, but German mobsters, they're called the Luwafa. They're they're actually Nazis. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I could see those kind of mobsters being tough, but Australians just don't see it. You know what I mean? It's hard to picture an Australian being like and Australians come from like bad not bad people, but Australia was originally a prison encampment. It wasn't founded as a... Like, there's indigenous people that live there. And then the European... I think it's the Brits. The British dropped off a bunch of convicts over there. And were like, you live here now. Figure it out. And uh, so Australians, I mean, do come from tough people. And then the natives to Australia were screwed over. They tried to eugenically remove all native DNA by making native Australians intermingle with white or um, Scandinavian Australians from from the british islands that were left over and shit so i did not know about that australians shit. are tough like there's hands down like oh yeah the natives the natives in australia got it just as bad as the natives in america the first nations people of both continents were both screwed horribly but i just don't see australians being tough even though genetically they're tough <laughs> genetically they come from people who live the harsh land and prisoners who were sent there because they were so bad so they sh- you would think they'd be tough but you just i just can't picture this is a weird rant but i just can't picture mobsters in australia being tough <laughs> well i mean i love australia you know sorry for all the coming at you <laughs> comes with the territory if anybody that has a box of kangaroo to save their dog i would say is a uh, pretty pretty hardcore yeah i'm with you no i'm with you i'm saying like scientifically australians are a tough stock i just can't picture them um australian mobster being intimidating they just have that accent you're just like are we gonna f- or are we gonna <laughs> are we gonna have a beer either way you're not killing me today i don't believe it <laughs> I can't drink and do this podcast anymore. It doesn't work. (laughs) Okay, so hold on. I need another recap. (laughs) I need another recap. So Holmes Holmes isn't the person that the murder trial was started for, right? It was for um, the other guy. So they were trying to get, uh, see the who who killed Jim Smith, but the the thing is that there was a there was um. While the trial was going on, Holmes was found murdered or dead in his car at a point at a peak. He tried to kill himself. Yeah, he tried to kill himself, but then Holmes was found dead. You read later on. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, though, it doesn't really actually say if he killed himself or tried to kill himself again, or if somebody actually killed Holmes. So, so the trials for Smith, not Holmes. Holmes just happens to be dead. Well, it was Holmes was basically in the trial because they don't. I don't think they even knew who killed who was a person that was that killed him but they knew bradley and holmes was part of the murder or the at least they believe situation. yeah yeah big suspects in the murder okay cool now i'm sorry i was a little confused but i'm i'm on board now holmes was a suspect but then he wound up dead whether it was by his hand or another but yeah. the actual case is for smith i'm yeah. following i'm listening but then, then there's also but then also there's of course so i don't know where this guy eddie wyman came in later on in the story 
out of nowhere. And that's only because uh, uh, an author was writing a book, right? Yeah, yeah. Because this is part of the uh, it's like, this is part articles and part of the books. I, I actually named it down here too, so people could actually uh, grab the book if they yeah, actually find this uh, uh, this case actually interesting. Which I think it's actually very interesting. Keep it going, it's, you're kicking ass. It is interesting. <laughs> Holmes was deeply involved in the lucrative but dangerous cocaine trade and could have been a victim of a gangland-style killing as Sydney in this period was experiencing a crime wave. There was an open gang warfare, uh, warfare in the streets of King's Cross on the East Sid. Battles over control and cocaine distribution and prostitution. Darling Hust was commonly known as Razor Hust after the gang's most used weapons. And there was an unwritten rule, never squeal to the cops. So with both Smith and Holmes, it could have been a case of cleaning up, quote unquote, getting rid of those who had fallen with some of Sydney's leading criminals. Bradley was the World War I veteran, died in Concord Hospital in 1965. And that's the end of the Shark Arms case. They don't even <laughs> know who did it. That's because... Australians kept their fucking mouth shut, dude. They kept their mouth shut, and whoever did try to open up their mouths, they got whacked literally instantly. This is actually sounds like a straight out fucking uh, what's that famous cocaine movie? Ah, uh, come on, why can I not think? Bro, there is so many. You got there's one with Johnny Depp, and there's one uh, with like uh, say hello to my little friend. Uh, that guy though. Bruh. The frack is it? The Home Godfather. Montana. No. No, it's not the frack you. It's not the Godfather. You frack. It's, um, dude. I know it's Tony Montana is the name of the character who says, say hello to my little yeah. friend. Yeah. He calls oh, them fucking cockroaches. <laughs> he goes to Columbia in the movie. I know the fucking movie. Why am I right now? Scarface. What in the yeah, hell, dude? It sounds like a whole Scarface. I'm going through all the mobster. I'm like, Goodfellas, Godfather, Godfather Part Two, Deer Hunter. Like, where the frack? And it's Scarface. All right. See, we knew what we were talking about, dude. On another, on another note, though, I just was um, I heard about another name for Coke, and I was like, that's pretty funny. Is a, a glass of Nose? <laughs> a glass of Nose. That's Instead of Rose, the the wine, it's Nose. Yeah. Nose. Yeah. I thought that was pretty. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's pretty, pretty clever. Let me get yeah. you got any of that nose? <laughs> so they didn't figure out who got murdered, or they didn't figure out who did the murdering. They figured out who got murdered. Yeah, a shark drew up an arm with a boxer tattoo with fingerprints still on it. Yep. Holmes and Bradley were homies, and they were not snitching on each other. Holmes was so down to clown and not disrespect the life, he was going to kill himself. He then winds up dead in his car. Uh, not known if he murked himself or if he got murked. Bradley's not really. He, he's found innocent even though potentially he is a murderer and then Wyman sounded like Hyman is potentially a person who might have done the murdering because he was involved in the Nose trade in the in the 1930s this yeah. is a wild ass story with no ending there's no finish to this story there's no all we know is a shark got sick <laughs> what what bad luck legitimately bad luck that a greedy shark ate another shark this is how it start started another shark was like hey that shark's struggling he must be dying i'm gonna eat his ass eats his ass gets reeled in the fisherman's like ah i love anzac day we're gonna we're gonna celebrate anzac day right by adding a new attraction that shark throws up his stomach as we discussed earlier what comes out of the stomach is a whole ass arm with a fucking boxer's tattoo or two men boxing duking it out that still had a fingerprints even though like you said shark ph balance in the stomach is four to five times stronger than humans yeah and it leads to the for sure a death of one of the downest homies ever 
<laughs> and someone potentially being a murderer and never even being indicted on being a murderer. It's just, it's a wild story with no ending. And it all, like I said, starts with a shark throwing up. Yeah, that's can you imagine? Wild. I mean, that was a good story. That was cool. Like, I had no idea. No, tell me. What can I imagine? Tell me, Leonard. Think about it this way. Can you imagine being that drug guy? Drug cartel. And you you, you put the guy in the fishes. You're just like, ain't nobody going to see his ass no more. And out of fucking nowhere, this guy catches a shark. But then another shark eats that shark. That happens to uh, eat one arm from the bottom of the ocean. And he almost gets caught. You know what's even wilder? There might not have been a murder. It might have just been a a coke-fueled, skinny-dipped, drug-induced shark attack. It could be true, because they didn't mention no, like... Well, no, think about this way. They said that the arm was cut off, like, dismembered. Yeah. That, that was a shark, shark bit you, it's biting off an arm. Well, no, see, that's the thing. Uh, it, earlier, they said that it wasn't... Um, <clears throat> when they examined the arm, it wasn't from a shark bite. So that shark just happened to just eat it, like swallowed it. But he didn't actually chew off the arm. They can't definitively say that the shark, the man was dismembered. You know what I mean? Because the shark acid did do some damage. So if it, you know, if the ugly cut of the flesh from the shark bite could have been acided down to like a looking like a clean cut this guy could have just been really high on coke with the homies gone swimming pissed in the ocean the shark smelled the pee and was like oh we got a tasty morsel here eats the arm a man drowns or is eaten by other sharks there's literally there's literally could not be a murder other than the shark murking the dude like in all honesty like there's not a the only murder we know for sure was holmes's murder or suicide that's the only human death that's not attributed to the shark <laughs> you know what i mean like this whole thing could just be an accidental like freak out for all these people trying to figure out who killed who like holmes and bradley were like we didn't murder no one so we're gonna team up against wiseman and everyone else and all these people teamed up and there was no need for it because the shark just got lucky and ate a dude who was high on coke like that could that's all it could literally be <laughs> it just gets wilder well i mean it could be but it did say in here though that um uh they when they examined the, the actual missing he was reported missing no but um the the actual arm that the the shark actually threw up it's saying like when they examined it that it wasn't from like a bite mark but it had to be from a sharp instrument but not from a surgical procedure so it had to be like if somebody just shot off somebody's arm arm parts that's how i took it or if they went coaxed skinny dipping a homeboy got hit by a boat propeller oh shit yeah, that's true too. There might not be a murder that led to a murder. <laughs> like, it might have just been boats and sharks being boats and sharks, which led to the freak out in the underground of Nose trafficking that led to this man Holmes having it off himself or be off because he was willing he wasn't willing to be the you know, a snitch. He was the downest homie ever. Yeah, true. So this went from like a crazy story to a tragedy for Holmes. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> Holmes. If you guys want more more uh, about this actually case, you guys could actually look up the books to one well, and look up the books you guys could buy the books uh the book is you one is called too. you don't have to buy them true go to a library when it's called the shark arm case which is from vince kelly came out in 1975 and the shark arm murders by alex castle which i named uh took some previous stuff on here which came out in 1995 so there's two books on this murder case well i'm glad we talked about sharks because that leads into our next episode which we'll talk about next time but if you want to find out any more about us you can follow us on the facebook the instagram the tiktok at mystery kink or email us with any suggestions corrections or if you got a crazy story you want to talk about or be interviewed for you can email us at mystery kink 2021 at gmail.com and you go to of course dm us on twitter at kink mystery 
or just message us on there. And uh, of course, head up, up, head us up on the telegrams at Mystery King Broadcasting Network. Oh, yeah, my bad. Of course, on Telegram, yeah, that. Yeah, you gotta put the Mystery King Broadcast Network. And of course, we're still always posting lots of stuff on there. Oh yeah. I'm always posting scary videos. You're posting cryptids of the day. We're pretty active. I wish we could link all the accounts together because it's hard to post everywhere, especially like I'm a father of three. I'm a full-time mailman. <laughs> I'm fixing up my apartment. I'm fixing up a mobile home I'm moving into. It's <laughs> just hectic. Len Daisley, he's a nighttime worker. He helps out with his nephew. He's got a whole ass situation of his own. So it's hard for us to get involved, but we always love to hear from you guys, right? Yep. So don't forget to always hit us up on those uh, Instagrams, those socials. Oh, and Halloween's coming up. Uh, That marks the end of our second season, our second year. We'll be taking a hiatus after Halloween for the peak season. So we'll be back in January end of january if it slows down or beginning of february somewhere in that vein we just want to start letting you know now that the final episode will come out on halloween night and that'll be a fun little episode yes and then hopefully if we can fit some somehow some way somehow if uh god just wants to shine light us on <laughs> shine light on the post office we could somehow get an episode in and somehow in november and december you bet you ass we will be doing that we'll, tr- we'll do it Working on our mini series um i forgot what we called it we had a whole ass name for it allegedly allegedly, allegedly just allegedly just little baby episodes little creatures like the squonk who's so ugly he cries that's his only that's his only cryptid information <laughs> little funny little quips like that we're gonna do little things like that here and there during that season to try and keep you guys involved and updated remember your mystery is our king have a good night everyone have a good night